everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And today we're talking about some reading topics. We're talking about how to read more, which is a question we get all the time. So I don't know that we have helpful advice, but we're going to tackle it. And then we are sharing both our favorite hidden gem books and also have submissions from listeners about their favorite hidden gem books. I'm very excited. Me too. Although I feel like I... I went through my – I spent so such a long time figuring out what my five underrated books would be, and I realized that, like, you know how you call me a hype beast about restaurants? Yeah. I feel like I'm a little bit of a book hype beast. Like, I feel like I am always, like, going after, like, whatever, like, everyone else likes, and I'm like, I need to read more hidden gem books. Well, there's all these recommendations from our listeners. I'm excited to check out a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's something – I feel like this – I feel this way with music, too. There's nothing more satisfying than loving something underrated. I feel it with books, with music. So I'm excited. I'm excited for today's app. Me, too. Before we get into it, tell me how you're doing. Tell me your your high. I'm good. I have a tiny headache right now. Um, I've got – I told you this before, but I have a little – like a mini hangover. Like I probably should take some Advil. Just like a hango. Um, yeah, it's just like a little like maybe I shouldn't have had that like third or fourth glass of wine last night. Um, Alex came over and we like we were just being silly and like workshop shopping text messages to boys and suddenly it was 1 a.m. It happens. I mean, what else do you have to do in a panty? Um, Not a lot. But um, I'm good. My high this week is work is really good. So, you know, like with my job, like long-term partnerships are kind of everything. And I re-signed a partnership with one of my all-time favorite brands. Can you um, say who was, it is? Yeah, it's Sarah Flint. They're my oh, favorite Oh, I shoes. love Sarah Flint. I um, was just – so I, I went in my closet this morning because I, I literally do not go in my closet anymore because I don't wear clothes that hang. I only wear workout clothes and sweatshirts that are in my dresser. And I I tripped over a Sarah Flint shoe and I was like, oh, I miss shoes. Like, I miss getting dressed up. I know. I feel the same way. And um, I got like a a sneak peek at some of their upcoming styles. Like they have this really pretty ballet flat that I'm so excited about. And they have these amazing boots coming up for fall. But we have like a fun partnership for the next year. That's amazing. Which is great. And it's always like I think that for me, like – it's not only like great job security, but when a brand like has a good experience working with me and wants to keep working together, that's like the best compliment. Yeah. So it's not even the money and the reassurance. It feels like a huge, like a, a big warm hug from the brand. That's great. And the other thing was, um, you know how much I love fresh flowers. I, um, I do know that. It's like my favorite thing to get ever. And I got two beautiful bouquets. My house is like overflowing with flowers. Oh, um, I haven't gone to my bodega, my flower guy in a in a while because it's far and it's, it's been too cold. Well, it's been icy out too, so I feel like I don't want to go for a a real long jaunt just to get flowers. But I miss having yeah. flowers in my house. They just make me so happy. There's this really cool company. It's a Brooklyn-based company. It's called Buds of Brooklyn. Ooh. And they make like insanely gorgeous arrangements. They they sent me one of the arrangements and it has like Really beautiful red ranunculus. It looks like wildflowers mixed in. Maybe I'll splurge on a flower arrangement next week from um, that Instagram account that I was talking about a couple episodes ago. Flower Witch. Flower Witch. Yeah. I still want to order something from them. I know. I I assume it's very expensive. Yeah. 
Um, how's your week? What's your high? My week is good. Um, we are closing in on the end of the first draft of season three of Rom-Com Pods. So that feels good. Is the writing going better? Because I feel like it was your low last week. Yeah, it's going better since we re-outlined it. And it's also going better because I feel like there's some time sensitivity. And so there's just more pressure in a good way. Yeah. So we're closing it on that. And what I, my high is that we actually hired somebody to help us with casting for season three, which is one of the biggest time sucks. And that was your job, right? No, it's not. No, it's not purely my job, but it is something that I spend a lot of, of time on. In advance of going into pre-production, I, I was like, we've made up this process. We don't actually know how it's supposed to work. And I was like, let me see if I can talk to some people who are experts and and or see if we can afford to hire somebody. And we ended up getting introduced to somebody that we really liked, and it wasn't as expensive as we might have thought. And we have another project coming down the pike pretty close after this one. So we were like, you know, I think it makes sense to pay for this, even though it's out of our own pockets, just to like buy back some time. Yeah. So I'm so relieved to to have some of that off my plate. Time is like the best gift you can give yourself. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I said to Hitha sent me um, this morning. She sent me this social media graphic of in San Jose. They're looking for people to knit hats and um, scarves for for homeless people. And she was like, oh, did you see this? Because she crochets and I knit. And it's such a cool cause. But I was like, honestly, I was like, I am hoarding my time right now. Like time is my most valuable resource. And I'm not a fast knitter, like knitting yeah. a hat would take me two days. And I'm like, I'm using money to support causes. Like I can't, I can't support yeah. causes with time right now, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's good to recognize that. I feel like everyone needs to help with different causes, however they're best able to. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's time. Like I remember when I was young and I first moved to the city, I volunteered all the time because I didn't have like a big social life. And I also had like a very standard nine to five job, but I also had no money. So it's, I think it goes up and down. Yeah. What is your low? Yeah. I don't really have a low, maybe my micro hangover, but like Alex and I had such a fun, like random spontaneous night last night that, I mean, it's, I'm like, it's funny that a fun night is a, is one friend coming to your house and like drinking like two glasses of wine. Like that's our, that's the pandemic for you. Yeah. Got to adjust your standards. But it was worth it. It was really fun. So I don't mind that I have the headache, but I couldn't I can't think of a real a real true low. That's good. I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. How about you? So my friend Kyle is coming to visit this weekend and he's been planning this trip and blanket statement, just trust me that we're planning this in a safe way and we both feel comfortable with the precautions that are being taken and anyone who will see him feels comfortable as well. But anyway, he's coming to visit. And because it's Valentine's Day weekend, I made all of these outdoor dining reservations a month ago because I was like, it's going to be so hard to get reservations. And this feels like an occasion to, you know, have a have a weekend, go out to dinner twice, you know. And I think it's going to be too cold. I don't think we're going to be able to do anything. I will tell you, I have dinner plans tonight with my friend Emily. And I am just like, 
I don't really want to do this, but I want to see her because I haven't seen her since before I went to Charleston. Um, I'm planning on wearing like a fleece with my teddy coat over it and like multiple pairs of socks. We'll play it by ear. I mean, maybe we'll decide to like have a drink beforehand and like get a little toasty, wear a lot of layers and go out to dinner anyway. I'm just thinking of that dinner that we had at Carbone, you and I, that was so cold. That was partially also the wind. You guys, like listeners, I don't know if we talked about this very much on the podcast. I can't remember. We were so cold. Like we had to, we made that dinner in under 45 minutes. Yeah. I mean, also we were, you were wearing a dress. Like we were dressed stupidly. Like I didn't have a scarf. We were sharing a pair of gloves. I didn't bring gloves. Yes. Oh my God. I was like, I think I have a better chance of like getting like deathly sick from like hypothermia than COVID. It was a very cold meal, which has scarred me in some ways. But yeah, I'm bummed that we might have to like have an indoor weekend and just cook at home. I'm bummed too because I was involved in one of those dinners and I was really looking forward to it. We'll see. It might still happen, but yeah, we'll have to see how adventurous we're feeling. Yeah. I know the cold is bad and I've been so bad about going outside. Like I ha- like it's so icy that I don't want to go for a well, walk either. Well, that's the either. thing is like you have to pick along. It's not pleasant to walk. Like, because it's no. so icy. Like, I almost yeah, it, fall and bust my ass every time I go outside. So even if it's – like It's dangerous. Yeah, even if it's not actively snowing, it's, like, not good weather to go for a walk. I started taking a vitamin D supplement, and I feel like it's definitely helped with, like, the lack of sunlight. But I've, like – Yeah, but walking does something different. It, like, shakes ideas loose, and I feel like yeah. there's something about walking that I just can't replicate doing indoor exercise. I absolutely agree. I just mean I was, like, getting really depressed oh, yeah. from the, the lack of sunlight. So that's my small thing that's helping. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we talk less about us and get into our episode? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So the first topic we're going to talk about, everyone always wants to know how we read so much and how they can read more. So we're going to tackle the question once and for all so we can point anyone who asks to this episode and they can get our thoughts. So Grace, how do you read so much? I mean, first of all, I think this is just a funny question because I feel like it's almost like people are like looking at reading, like eating their vegetables or getting their workouts in. And like, you don't have to read that much. Like, I think you and I read as much as we do because we really like it. Like it's, it's my hobby. I agree with that. I mean, I don't think, I think there's a balance where I'm always skeptical of people who don't read at all because I think reading builds empathy and it like increases curiosity and imagination, like especially reading fiction versus nonfiction. And it builds your vocabulary. Yeah. Like, I don't know, whenever I'm, I feel like I have this conversation sometimes on dating apps. Um, Whenever somebody says they don't read anything or the last book they read was 10 years ago, like I'm always suspicious of them as a person and how we would get along. So it, I agree. I agree with you that like I don't think that you need to read as much as, as either of us do. Like it's excessive and it's partially our job and it's because we love it. But I don't want to say like and we both are single and don't have kids. Well, yeah, but I don't think at, by the same token you can just be like, hey, here's a here's a pass. Here's your permission slip. Never read again. No, no. I just mean like I mean one thing I think is a lot of people put these pressure on themselves to only read really smart books or only read business books or self-improvement books. And then they're like, oh, I only read a book this month. And I can relate to that. Um, 
I, I kind of say like, maybe you just haven't found like books that you like truly can't put down. Like, you know, for me, if I'm like reading a book that I maybe isn't my typical kind of book, it takes me a lot longer to read. But if you give me a murdery thriller, like I might not be able to sleep because I'm going to be unable to stop reading it. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like when I found Gone Girl, like all those years ago when it first came out, I was just like, oh, more of this. But you were always Um, a reader before that. That wasn't that that long ago. No, but I would read like maybe two or three books a month. And then when I discovered murdery thrillers, it was suddenly like, oh, two books in a weekend. Oh, that's so interesting. I didn't know that it was that that habit was it's not recent, but was more recent. I think that book came out like at least 10 years ago. Did it? Yeah, it was a while ago. You're probably right. Yeah, I was definitely it was, out of college, and I've only been out of college for 12 years. It came out like a long time ago. Now I'm curious when it came out. Oh, this is the um, movie. It's 2012, so it came out nine years ago. Okay, that tracks. Yeah, so I think that you got to find books that you really like enjoy. Like, I mean, but some how people do you love read so much? Like, not advice for others, but like, what is when do you read? Tactical advice. Not tactical advice, but like, tell me about you. So I read generally for at least an hour every night before bedtime. I read in the bath. I take a bath almost every night. I take books with me. So um, back in olden days when we were, we took the subway places and like, we're like waiting for friends or waiting for dinner. I'd bring a book with me and I would sit down and just read. I you know, I used to travel a lot and I'd always bring like three or four books. Um, plain reading. Like, I miss plain reading. Oh my God. I miss plain reading. Like, or I, what I really miss was I still remember when I was in Copenhagen and I was reading, what was I reading? Oh, I was reading, um, the book thief, which was a devastating, but amazing book. And I was sitting at the bar at a restaurant by myself. And that was my favorite thing to do was just to go to, like when you're traveling by yourself and bring a really good book and sit at the bar at a restaurant and like, oh, I miss I miss those days. That's also my favorite because it gives a book a sense of place. Like that book yeah. will always remind you of that place. Yeah, that book will always remind me of Manfred's in Copenhagen with their amazing steak tartare, like weird memories. Yeah. But, um, like Fleischmann yeah. is in trouble will always remind me of London. Oh, that's so funny. Those are times I read. I know you're, you're like this. For me, like an ideal weekend includes like a four-hour uninterrupted block of reading time. Like maybe there's a nap. There's definitely a blanket. Hopefully Tyrion's being nice to me. Um, and we're just like snuggled up reading for like an afternoon or a morning. Maybe yeah. there's a bagel. Like, yeah. That's my ideal Saturday or Sunday. Absolutely. Um Another thing that's really helped me this year has been audiobooks. So this is like a very, you know, I do my what what I read in a year blog post and um I noticed that this year I read 96 books and in but in 2019 I read 83 books and the exact difference was 13 books and that's how many audiobooks I read. And this was my first year like starting to listen to books. And so that's another great way to kind of be able to read more. Cuz again, I we say this all the time. I think nonfiction I can kind of struggle with. Yeah. Whereas when you're listening to someone tell you the information, it just, it feels a lot more um, manageable. Well, it's also like 
nonfiction, sometimes I don't want to devote my reading time to it. But if I'm multitasking and I'm cleaning my house or I'm going grocery shopping or I'm doing dishes or whatever, and I am listening to a nonfiction audiobook, like that feels like I'm getting bonus time back. Totally. Yeah. Um, What about you? Well, I don't know. I don't love this question. And I'll I'll tell you why in a minute. But um, I guess to answer the question, how do I read so much? So I mean, to echo what you said, I'm not currently in a relationship. I don't have children. We're in a pandemic. So I have a lot of time. Um, But I mean, for me, I think it comes down to two things. So first of all, I am an only child. And when I was a kid, I was taught to read to entertain myself. Like we didn't have – there was one TV in the house and it was in my mom's bedroom. And there was not a TV in the living room. I had a TV in my room when I was older, like when I was in high school. Yeah, like I I didn't – I grew up watching TV on Saturday mornings or, you know, uh, TGIF, but I didn't really watch a ton of TV. And, you know, all the women in my family, like, have always been readers. So it was, like, just modeled to me as behavior of, like, reading is something you do, too, with your free time. So, I mean, I think I was just, like, I always grew up reading and I haven't always read as much as I did have this year. And I think for me, a lot of that is the pandemic that I just have so much more time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I've always been a big reader. But then the other side of that is like, I don't watch very much TV. If I'm the same way that somebody might sit down on a Saturday and binge watch a whole season of a TV show, like that's my reading time. And like, when I tell you that I don't watch that much TV, like I, have, I of course, like will check out the shows that everyone's talking about. And like, it's not that I watch no TV, but like, it is not unusual for me to not turn my TV on for a week. Oh, I I definitely watch more TV than you do. Yeah. So, I mean, this time that I think other people spend watching TV, I spend reading. So, I mean, that's how I do it. And in terms of, you know, how does somebody else read more? I mean, I guess the thing that I kind of take issue with or the, the question I have is like, if you're not reading as much as you want to, do you actually want to read more or do you want to want to read more? Because, like, the thing I think about in my life is I have gone through so many phases where I have wanted to like running and I just don't like running. You know, like, that's what I meant about like eating your vegetables. Like, I feel like people are like, oh, this is a thing I should do. Yeah. Like, it's like I, I forced myself to run at various times. It's never really stuck. And it's like, I've always been like, I want myself to want to run, but when I am actually doing it, I don't enjoy it. And like, maybe. If you're being realistic about how much time you have and you have the time to do it and you just don't want to do it, well, I mean, it is what it is. But, like, to take the exercise metaphor even further, like, it's kind of like, okay, so maybe I don't like running, but there's some kind of exercise. And for most people, it's like, maybe you don't love exercise, but there's some kind of exercise that you can fit into your life and that you, you like doing. And it's like maybe you just have to try different types of books to find the types of books that you want to read. And I think for me, like one of the unlocks mentally that happened when we started this podcast was I was always embarrassed by some of my reading habits because I've I've always liked romances. I've always liked YA. Like I, Grace knows she hates the schmaltzy high school YA books that I like. And um we like a lot of the same books. I'll, I I just need them to there to be like rich unsupervised teens or like some kind of murder. 
if it's YA. Well, yeah, but I also like the high school falling in love yeah. ones. <laughs> where, like, the most they do is kiss. And um, what was that book that you there's a book that you're excited to read? We were vetting our book picks for like summer, spring and summer. And there was one and, and you're like, you're probably not going to like this one. And I was just like, no, I can't remember what it was. I can't it's remember. So we bet we both have veto power with our book picks. <laughs> like, I mean, there's like a lot of books that I have proposed and you're like, absolutely not. Um, But yeah, like it's like. I would had previously felt embarrassed by those books because they're not literary, they're not impressive. And I kind of let go of that. And so maybe if you're holding really tight to needing to read smart books or needing to read important books, letting yourself explore Grace's murdery thrillers or my cheesy high school romances or like really tawdry romances, like I have to imagine that if you truly want to read and you explore the different genres, you're going to find something that that clicks with you. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is just like be cognizant of where you're spending your time that could be reading time. Yeah. And when I say that, I probably mean time that you're watching TV. Like I've certainly talked about that I cannot account for my phone time. Like where I am sneaking in six hours of daily phone time, I do not know. So I'm not even saying to like get off your phone and read instead because like I read a ton and I have no idea where that phone time is happening. But it's like, okay, if you're watching TV an hour a night or if you're watching five hours of TV on a weekend, like that's time that you could be reading. And if you're not, like if you don't have those pockets of time, like maybe your life is just way busier. And while it would be great to have more free time to read, like maybe it's not the season where that like fits as seamlessly into your life, which sucks. Like not having yeah. time to do the things that you want to do. Like I didn't, I definitely didn't read nearly as much when I was still working for Bobble Bar and doing my blog. Like I probably read like two books a month tops. Yeah. Because I was working like 90 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think there's definitely seasons in my life where I've read less because I just like don't have time for it. And like I mourn it and I miss it, but it's like, oh, yeah. like the answer isn't that I'm just like mainlining reruns of Gossip Girl. Or anytime I like I'm in a serious relationship or dating someone, like a lot of my reading time is the time before bed. And like when you're in a relationship, you're doing other stuff before bed. So yeah. 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 So I hope that that was I don't know that that was helpful, but at least you know the answer, how we would answer that how question. Yeah. I mean, the key is really just like, don't have a boyfriend, don't have kids, have no life and be in a pandemic and you will read a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do that. Do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So I don't know if that was helpful, but it was, that's the answer for us personally. <laughs> Um, but let's take a quick break to talk about a sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers professional therapy online via chat, video, or phone, so you can talk to a licensed counselor from the comfort of your couch. So we're coming up on a full year in quarantine, which is wild and sad. Um, and right now, mental health is really top of mind for both of us. And maybe one thing on your list for this year is to try therapy. But I know it can be so overwhelming to dive in. Like, how do you find a therapist? And and how do you know what they specialize in? And what if you go through all the trouble of finding one and then it turns out that they're not a match for you? 
So I love that BetterHelp is solving all of these problems and saving you wasted time cruising through your insurance directory. So BetterHelp offers private, affordable online counseling when you need it without having to leave your house. Yeah, and they make it really, really easy. So here's how it works. Um, There's a simple online questionnaire that's going to assess your needs. They're going to ask you everything from your age, your relationship status, your past experiences with therapy, um, what you're looking to address, and then they will match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They have counselors who are specialized in everything from depression, stress, and anxiety to relationships, trauma, family conflicts, LGBT matters grief, and self-esteem. So something for every issue. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours after you sign up. And you can message them anytime and get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And best of all, it's more affordable than traditional online counseling. And there is financial aid available. Yes. So something that I think is really great is that they're very committed to facilitating great matches. So if you get paired with a counselor and it doesn't work out, you can really easily change. And I don't know if you guys are in our Facebook group. You should be. Um, But there was a great thread there this month from some people who had tried BetterHelp. And I was really happy to see that a lot of people said they're having a really positive experience. And then a lot of people noted that they liked how easy it was to switch counselors if the first one isn't a match because it's like dating. You have to kind of find your perfect match. Yeah. And anything you share is, of course, always confidential. So we want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash badonpaper. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash badonpaper. Okay, so let's get into these hidden gem books. I think first of all, a few things. Thanks to everyone who submitted a book. We're not able to include them all, but we love listening to them. We love listening to them. And we're going to start a thread in the Facebook group for everyone to share their editions. Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics. We've talked about this a few times in the Facebook group. And every time we do, I feel like I get a new pick. And actually, one of mine is from a Facebook group thread that I'm going to share today. So I don't know. I feel like there's so many books that you just see over and over and over on Bookstagram. And I love to know the ones that didn't get as much hype, but are, you know, just as just as wonderful or even more wonderful in a lot of cases. So we each brought five books and then we have a slew of listener voicemails with other recommendations. So Grace, give me your first rec. Okay. So this one was a gift to me for my mom for Christmas several years ago. Um, and it's called The Perfume Collector by Kathleen Tassaro. And this is historical fiction. And like a thing about me, if you don't know this, I spent, I think, the first eight years of my career working in the fragrance industry. So anything about perfume, like I get really, I tend to get really into. And this follows um, a woman, her name is Grace, as she mysteriously inherits an apartment and a large sum of money from an absolute stranger. So there's a mystery right off the bat. And the tale, um, this is great if you're having like a little bit of wanderlust right now, but but are stuck on your couch like all of us. Um, And it weaves through London, New York, Monte Carlo, and Paris over several decades. It does start out a little bit slow, 
but um, it's got tons of twists and turns. Um, again, it's about perfume, which I think that the fragrance, the world of fragrance is just such an interesting, magical, sensorial one. And, you know, having spent so much of my career working and learning about it, I, I, I just find, found, find it to be like really magical. I read this book a while ago too. I loved it, but um, I know I really liked it, but I can't remember any of the details of it. I feel like I need I to go back to it. I know. And you know, I don't like to reread books, but I was going through all my, like my book list and this one, I was like, Ooh, I kind of want to reread that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long time ago that I re- I read it. Yeah. So I have to start with my number one hidden gem book recommendation, which will probably not be a new one to most people, but I feel like I just, I have to put it at the top. I have four others that hopefully you haven't heard me recommend before. I mean, I have to recommend A Sky Painted Gold by Laura Wood. This is your book. This is, it's not my book. So this actually came from a Facebook group thread in, in 2019. We posted something. I think the topic was, what was your favorite book that you read this year? And, you know, in most of the, it wasn't a hidden gem post or anything like that. And so most of the comments were books that I'd heard of. And for whatever reason, the title stood out to me and I hadn't heard of it. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And I bought it. And I just, I loved it. And I still can't believe that this book just doesn't have more hype because it's such a perfect book. I think it's technically YA. um, Like that's how it's categorized by the publisher. But it doesn't feel too young to me. So um, the book is about a girl named Lou. And she is a teenager in a sleepy English village in Cornwall, England in the 1920s. And she has a slew of brothers and sisters. So she's trying to escape from her house um, to get some peace and quiet. And she takes refuge at this big house that's owned by a wealthy family um, that that has just been empty for years. And so that summer, the owners arrive who are a glamorous duo of siblings named Robert and Caitlin. And they're there for the summer and they're bringing their friends to throw these huge parties. And Lou kind of gets sucked into their world. Um, And she's from a very modest family versus um, Caitlin and Robert are very wealthy. Um, And the book has like a very Gatsby vibe to it. Um, Like it's very – such a Gatsby vibe. Such a Gatsby vibe. Like these jazz parties and – oh, it's so wonderful. There's also two other books by the same author. It's not a series because they're they're not – they don't build on each other necessarily. So the second book follows a different girl who is gets sent to live with her her uncle. Um, and it turns out that her very well-to-do aristocratic uncle has like uh, taken up with this woman and started an artist colony. And then the third book actually deals with Lou's sister Freya, who's a very side character in the first book. She's come of age now and is uh, she runs away to London to become an actress. Becca um, bought me this book. Becca was very cute. She was like really, really like protective of this author and was like, this, this book is not on the bestseller page. I'm really upset. It only has like, I think it only at one point had like 20 Amazon reviews. At the beginning, it had six. It had six. And I just, I was not okay with that. You were horrified. And I absolutely loved it. It's, it's, I, I knew not to include it because I knew you'd be talking about it, but highly recommend I feel like I I tend to have a book that is my go-to gifting book. Like I just I love giving people books who I know love to read and I think might like something. And so this was my book for uh last year that I gifted to 
everyone who I thought would like it. I switched books last summer and I started gifting people um, Big Friendship. Oh, cute. I was going to ask you what the book, the new one was. I don't have one, one at the moment. So I'm we're, we're, we're in transition, figuring out what the new gifting book will be. So let's hear a couple of listener voicemails. Uh, two of these are historical fiction because both of our recs were historical fiction, but then one of them's a wild card. Hi, my hidden gem book is The Dream Daughter by Diane Chamberlain. It's about a pregnant woman in the 1970s. She learns that her unborn baby has a heart defect and doctors say that nothing can be done until her physicist brother-in-law comes up with an idea. I won't say more than that, but this book just absolutely shook me to my core. The storyline is so different and you will not want to put it down. So my hidden gem book is the T-Rose series by Jennifer Donnelly. It's historical fiction meets soap opera. It's set in like the, I think the late 1800s, 1900s. You go between London and New York and it's like mystery, romance. I don't even really like historical fiction and it is so good. The books are really long, but they fly by and you like don't want them to end. I swear, I I'm gunning for this to be a movie. I'm just upset because it came out like almost 20 years ago. And I think that that ship has sailed, but like maybe we can revive it and have it become a miniseries. So Hidden Gem, T-Rose, Jennifer Donnelly. Hi, Grace and Becca. I'm so excited for this Hidden Gem of a Book episode. Those are usually end up being my favorite reads. Um, my submission for Hidden Gem is Mr. Penumbra's 24-Hour Bookstore. It's by Robin Sloan. It came back at came out back in 2013. Um, it's about a web developer who loses his job during the recession and starts working in this bookstore. And it's just pure magic. I always tell people if they liked the National Treasure movies, funny enough, they'd probably like this book. It's just a fun, zany adventure. Uh, it's got a quirky old man, not quite a quirky old woman, but it's up there. And it's just so much fun. Such a fun read. It's one of the few books I've reread. Um, but yeah, so that's my submission. Thanks so much. Okay, what's your next pick? Okay, so my second pick is a book that I discovered on a Hidden Gems thread in the Facebook group. So it's called Kitchens of the Great Midwest by J. Ryan Straddle. And I talked about this a few months ago when I first read it. At the beginning of quarantine, when it seemed like we were going to be stuck inside, I asked people what their favorite Hidden Gem books were just to like get some new good reading material. And this one sat on my shelf for months because I thought the cover was not very compelling, and I judge books by covers. <laughs> and I finally got around to it because I was I was like, okay, do or die. I'm either going to DNF it or I'm going to read it because um, I wanted it out of the pile. And I loved it. I loved it. And especially for anyone who loves food, whether that is eating food, cooking food, if you've worked in a restaurant, just like any anyone who is passionate about food I think would love this book. So the book, it's a little hard to pitch because the plot is kind of um, circuitous. So the book starts with a story of Lars Thorvald, who's a chef in Minnesota who falls in love with a sommelier at the restaurant that he works at. So they're young and in love and they have a baby together. But then eventually, Cynthia, who's the mother, decides that she's not ready to settle down and leaves Lars with the baby. So the book follows the baby, whose name is Eva, and it follows her journey to become an acclaimed chef. And so each chapter tells a loosely connected story about a recipe and a character that then ties into Eva's story. And it's so creatively plotted. 
Like, it all comes together at the end, but sometimes you're reading it and you're like, what does this have to do with anything? And, you know, it talks about high-end food and low-end food and food that's cooked at home and food that's cooked in a restaurant and growing food. And, oh, I just, it's such a special book. I need to read it. I've not gotten you to read this one. And I I feel like you especially would like it because you grew up, because your dad's a chef and you grew up in a restaurant. Bring it down for me. We're in the middle of vetting all our book picks, so I feel like like pr- pressure to read. Well, read um, it on March first after we've 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 decided our next book club <laughs> pick. Yes, absolutely. What's um, your next one? So mine is. I don't know if you've have you read these. I haven't, and I'm ashamed that I haven't. Yeah, because she's our friend. Um, I read so, her newest one, but it's not part of the series. So Christy Woodson Harvey has become a dear friend of ours, and she was a guest at our Atlanta live show, and she's just like a ray of sunshine. Also, like so pretty and immaculately dressed. I was like, you're like a perfect human. And she has a blog, a design blog. Mm -hmm. This is not this is not about Christy. This is about her books. She has a series called the Peachtree Bluff series. And this like is not my usual genre, but for whatever reason, I just eat these up. So Start with a book called Slightly South of Simple, and there's three of them. Um, Christy has been called the Ellen Hildebrand of the South. So, you know, Ellen mostly writes about Nantucket, whereas um, Christy writes about Georgia and the South. And I, I find them to be so just warm and reassuring. Like reading these books is kind of like just like a big, like a big warm hug. So, and it's also about sisters, which I love. So this one is about three different sisters who are all in like very different stages of their life who return home to their mother's home in a little town in Georgia. There is another thing that I love. There's an old person romance, which the mom's not that old, but um, she reconnects with like her, I guess, college like love. And oh, it's just these books are so good. You can't put them down. They're so cozy. They make me so happy. I just like... I love them. They're like a really good beach read too. Like just when you want something light and happy. That's the kind of reading. That's my pandemic reading vibe too. Even though I'm definitely not at a beach. I want this type of book. Yeah. These are – this is a great pandemic kind of read. You'll read – you could read the whole series in a weekend because they're just – they're just happy books. Let's hear a couple more recs from our listeners. Hi, Grace and Becca. My hidden gem book recommendation is The Indifferent Stars Above by Daniel James Brown. It tells the story of the Donner Party, who were a group of pioneers that traveled on the Oregon Trail out west in the 1800s. And they were horribly underprepared and got lost and ended up becoming snowbound in the mountains for the winter, and they had to resort to cannibalism in order to survive. So not only is it this really interesting story of survival, it's also beautifully written, and he does a great job of breaking down what life was really like for these pioneers. On top of that, I feel like it's super nostalgic because we all played that Oregon Trail game on the computer in elementary school. So anyway, I hope you guys check it out. Thanks. Hi, Grace and Becca. My name is Kara, and I have a recommendation for a underrated book series that I've absolutely loved and I discovered during quarantine. I love the League of Extraordinary Women series by Evie Dunmore, which is set in Victorian England and follows a group of female suffragists. The book series is so incredible because the women are just so independent, 
Um, a lot of the book is set in Oxford, England, and the author just describes that time period with such incredible, vivid details. And there's some really steamy romance in the book that is definitely very fun and reminds me a lot of Bridgerton. One thing that I really love the most about the books is that the characters are extremely feminist and the books don't always necessarily end with the traditional marriage plot ending, which I really, really love. The women are incredibly independent and they have true friendships. And most of the book is focused on the female friendships and not just the men in the story. I really love these books and I don't hear a lot of people talking about them. And I just think that everyone should read this series. Thanks. All right, Grace, on to number three. What is your third wreck? So this felt like cheating because it's a pretty recent read. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a couple months, you've heard me talk about it. But I really didn't see much press or buzz about this book at all. And it's that's so funny because I feel like I saw a ton of press and buzz about this. Oh, interesting. And it was a book of the month pick. I know. So that's the other reason it feels like cheating. But I had to plug it because my mom got me to read this book. And um, it's The Star-Crossed Sisters of Tuscany by Laurie Nelson Spielman. I just, I love this book. My mother is kind of my go-to for book recommendations other than you and um, Ashley Spivey. But this is like an adventure through Italy. Um, it has so many things that we love. It has a um, a crazy old lady. It's got um, a really heartfelt dynamic between these two cousins. And one of the cousins, I know you hated one of the cousins and you had to DNF the book, mm-hmm. but um, one of the cousins has like a really big epiphany. And then the other cousin, you know, realizes that she's been living this like really quiet life, being kind of walked all over by everyone around her. And, um, she realizes that she's, you know, can aspire to bigger things and a better life. And I just think this book is so heartwarming. I love the magical element. I loved the great aunt. I thought she was just like such a great character. This book is also a warm hug. I mean, for someone who likes murder books, I'm like recommending a lot of like really warm and cozy books right now. Yeah. You better have some murders in here. Oh, I got one. Okay. I have a twofer for this one. So... Is this underrated? I feel like this author is like really famous. Okay. So yes, but I think a lot of people have not read her earlier books. Oh, okay. And that's why. So um, Vari McFarlane is my favorite British chick lit author. And I feel like she, a lot of people got on board with If I Never Met You, which was her most recent book that came out in 2020. Loved that. Loved it. But I'm here to recommend two books that, are some of her earlier books that I don't think ever really got that much attention. So the first one is my favorite of her books, and it's called Who's That Girl? And it's about a girl named Edie who tanks her whole life, and she ends up moving back home with her dad and her kooky sister. And she takes this job writing a memoir for a really buzzy up-and-coming actor. And they, um, in an unlikely twist, they become friends, and then they become more than friends. This one is my favorite of hers. I love it. I've reread it at least twice. I tried to order it because you recommended it and it was sold out. Well, so I feel like for a long time I had to buy her books from the UK. So I would have to go to amazon.co.uk and buy the UK editions and ship them to the US as opposed to buying them on US Amazon. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I feel like these are like (laughs) um, deep cuts before her books were widely available in the US. 
And then That's so funny. The other recommendation is her first book, which is called You Had Me at Hello. And this is a second chance romance. And it's about this couple, Ben and Rachel, who were the perfect couple until like everything imploded. And so they haven't talked to each other in a decade and they run into each other unexpectedly. And it's like no time has passed at all, but except Ben is now married. So they strike up this friendship and she's grappling with that she still has feelings for him that she's never gotten over. And, you know, they're trying to figure out what comes next. I love a second chance romance. Uh, It's so good. I don't have a copy anymore. I think I read it on Kindle. Years and years ago. Oh, they're so good. So if you liked Vari McFarlane's newer book, the If I Never Met You, like go back and read her old ones too. She also has a new book coming out um, pretty soon, I think. I need to read both of these. I feel like they're always back ordered, but I'm going to just like order them and let them come whenever they come. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. Let's hear a couple more listener recs. My hidden gem book is called Love Walked In by Marissa De Los Santos. This story takes place in Philadelphia, and it starts with a woman named Cornelia Brown who runs a coffee shop, and a man named Martin Grace walks into her life, and her life is just completely changed, but not in the way that you might think. Uh, Her story also intersects with the story of a young girl named Claire Hobbs. Um, That's pretty much all I can really say without giving a lot away, but the story is beautiful. It takes you on this adventure. The characters are lovely. You will fall in love with Cornelia Brown and with Claire. Um, They're all just, it's just beautifully written and it's heartwarming and it moves you. And I just, I cried and I reread it all the time and it's great. And the best part about it is there's actually also a sequel. It's already out. I think this book, these books came out in 2006 around that time. And um, Belong to Me is also really nicely written. Also follows the story of, of Cornelia and Claire. And um, yeah, it's, it's just great. I highly recommend Love Walked In. I think I still reread it maybe every other year. I love it so much. Hi, Grace and Becca. This is Erin coming to you from Napa, California. Uh, love the podcast. Grace, love your blog. Um, I saw your Instagram looking for voice memos about books that we thought had been underrated. And I had to write you guys about um, Pull of the Stars by Emma Donahue, which came out in, I want to say, summer of 2020. I read it last fall, and I could not believe that it hadn't gotten more attention when it came out. Um, it takes place in Dublin, Ireland during the Spanish flu of 1918, and um, the parallels of what was going on then to what was going on now just blew me away through the entire book. Um, It was a fantastic story, and I couldn't believe the timeliness of how it came out right in the middle of COVID, considering that it would have been written before COVID for it to come out during that time. So I didn't see a lot about it when it came out. Um, You know, I follow a lot of book influencers, and I keep track of things that are coming out, and I didn't think it made that big of a splash, and I just couldn't believe that um, it wasn't on more people's radar, especially considering how timely it was. The book was fantastic. Uh, I don't think I've seen either of you guys post about it, so if you haven't read it yet, I definitely, definitely recommend it to you and to your whole audience. Bye. Okay. What is your next one? So my next one is a little bit cheating because it is also a book that I read pretty recently. So it's Musical Chairs by Amy Popel. And I read this probably about a month ago, and I did not expect it to be as good as it was. Like, 
it's another book that just it like puzzles me why it wasn't more popular. Yeah. So, so it's um a book about this woman named Bridget and her best friend Will, and they're in their 50s. And they've never been romantically involved, but they're in a professional chamber music trio together that they formed at Juilliard. So they've known each other for decades, and he helped to raise her two children. And the story takes place over a summer at Bridget's Connecticut country house. And she's looking to start her next chapter now that her adult twin children are grown. But her plans get upended when everyone in her life has their own crisis and comes to her for help. Um, so her elderly father is getting remarried. Her trio is short a violinist. Her son is potentially getting a divorce. And her daughter has quit her job in Hong Kong and moved home. And it's like a messy family book. It's an unconventional family book. There is like an old person romance element, although Bridget doesn't feel very old. Um, ugh, it's so good. It had – I don't know how to explain it because – it had Gilmore Girl vibes in terms of the setting because it was in Connecticut, which Gilmore Girls is, in like a small town where everyone's in everyone's business. But then also her father in the book is very, very wealthy and famous. And so it, it's kind of reminds me of that and the dynamic with Emily Gilmore and Lorelai where like Emily is really rich and Lorelai comes from a rich family but is like doesn't actually have as much money or care about the money as much. So... Oh, I really liked it. And it's another one that I'm just like, I ha- I don't think I've seen many people on my Instagram feed reading this. I'm tempted by this, but when you say Gilmore Girl vibes, that may- usually makes me like don't want to read it. It's higher end than okay. Gilmore Girls. I think you would like it. And I learned a lot about classical music. That's cool. What's your next one? Is it a murder? Had to, had to bring some murder. Okay. This one is called American Predator by Maureen Callahan. This is the scariest book I've ever read. Is it fiction or nonfiction? It's nonfiction, which is what makes oh, it God. so scary. So I can never read this book. If you love true crime, not you, Becca, listener. Listeners who might love true crime, you're going to love this book. I don't actually read a lot of true crime. I tend to prefer fiction because it's way less scary when you know it's not true. This is about a serial killer. Like It was one of the biggest serial killers of all time. Um, His name is Israel Keys, and he was an absolutely meticulous, like meticulous serial killer. Um, And it was largely kept out of the media. So the whole thing, it it just reads crazier than fiction. Like, you know, you're reading a nonfiction book, but it doesn't feel like it can be real. Like if I, if it was, if it was a fiction book, I would have probably been really hard on it and been like, this doesn't feel real. It's implausible. But as a knowing that it's nonfiction and that it's all true was crazy. Like for the first couple months after I read it, like I did not want to leave my apartment. Like even walking to Sweet Green to like get dinner, if it was dark, I'd be like scared. And I'm I'm not somebody who gets like super scared, scared walking around Brooklyn. Like we live in a pretty safe neighborhood. Um it's 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 really terrifying. If you want to like give yourself a good scare, this is a must read, which I feel like for a lot of people they're going to listen to this review and be like, "Yeah, that's not for me." But yeah, I but promise so you- many people love like the most dark twisted true crime podcasts. Like there are people yeah. out there who's going to that's going to sell them. I think there's my my people. My people will will listen to this and want to read it. Let's take a few more reader clips. Hi Grace and Becca. The book that I'd like to recommend is actually a nonfiction memoir. 
and it is called Life Undercover, Coming of Age in the CIA by Amaryllis Fox. This one is a super quick read, but gives some really interesting details on what it's like to train in the CIA and be a woman in the CIA and kind of live abroad. The author actually is in the clandestine ops, so it's pretty juicy when it comes to kind of classified information. Um, but it's quick. It's actually super inspiring, and she seems to be a really likable person. Um, so this is kind of if you have interest in the spy genre, but you want to know a little bit more about what it could be in real life. Hi, Grace and Becca. This is Natalia from San Diego calling with a book recommendation for the novel Delicious uh, by Ruth Reichel. It's actually Ruth Reichel's only fictional book, I believe. And it is the perfect mashup of Grace and Becca's interests. I would describe it as uh, Save Me the Plums meets a rom-com. And it actually takes elements from a lot of Ruth Reichel's memoirs. Uh, so pieces, if, you, if you've read her other books, which all are wonderful, I'm a big fan of hers, uh, you'll, you'll see inspiration peppered throughout the book. But what it, the book is about uh, a young woman who moves to New York City because uh, she has some tragedy that happens and you learn more about that as the book unfolds. And in that process, she starts working at a food magazine, which is um, seems very much modeled after gourmet. Uh, and that's where you'll see the elements of Save Me the Plums. And over the course of the book, you kind of, there are different challenges and struggles that happen, uh, but she develops lots of friendships. There's uh, definitely a romantic interest that gets developed along the way. And so it, this, that's why I described it as the perfect mashup of Grace and Becca's interests. Since it's, it, and like I said at the beginning, it's a rom-com meets uh, Save Me the Plums. And I loved all of uh, Ruth Reichel's memoirs. And I was surprised that I actually hadn't heard of this one, um, this book, and it came out in 2014. So it's a few years old, but really sweet, really fun. And uh, I think perfect for the podcast. And as a quick aside, just want to thank you ladies for including so many fun and great book recommendations. I uh, historically was a book lover and read a lot, uh, but after um, graduate school and then after having having a baby. I was ha having a hard time getting back into books. And you both, I credit entirely with uh, re reinvigorating my appetite for reading. Um, definitely uh, Verity got a uh, kick started that for me. So just wanted to say a special thank you for that as well. Uh, but to sum up, Delicious by Ruth Reichel, highly recommend. I really do think it is the perfect book um, for Grace and Becca and probably for your listeners as well. Thank you ladies so much for an amazing podcast. Bye. Hi, Grace and Becca. I'm such a fan of the podcast. I'm so glad you guys are doing this. The second I saw it on Instagram, I immediately had a couple ideas. Of course, with how much you guys read, I'm sure you've probably heard of these books before, but I wanted to submit them anyway. The first one is probably my one of my favorite books of all time. It's called Less, and it's by Andrew Sean Greer. And this actually won the Pulitzer a couple years ago, but everyone I've talked to about it has never heard of it, has never read it, and I'm not sure why that is. But it's about this man who his romantic life is not going so well. His prior romantic partner is getting married and he's in a funk. 
And he was a very prominent author when he was in his prime. And people from around the world still sent him invitations to give presentations and talks and things like that. So he decides that he's going to travel the world while his ex is basically preparing for his marriage. So he accepts these invitations. He goes on this amazing like world tour, basically, and discovers a lot about himself and about other people and about life. And it's just so well written. I was laughing. I was crying. One of the best things I've read in a long time. The second one is The City Baker's Guide to Country Living. It's by Louise Miller. If you haven't read this, everybody should read it. It's like a warm hug on a fall day. It's about a baker from Boston who, in the first couple pages of the book, has a snafu at work, lights the kitchen on fire. It's just a big mess. And she decides to go to this tiny town and work for an inn and be a pastry chef. And the whole point of the book is she's going to enter this contest, this apple pie baking contest. And it's just like, it's so comforting. It's the best read for October, November, or really any time. Highly recommend it. It is such a nice, comforting read. I'm dying to read Delicious. I didn't know she had a fiction book. I saw it on Carly Heitlinger's Instagram. I had no idea either. I knew that that one would appeal to you. Yes. I love her. I still haven't read Garlic and Sapphires, which I bought after our our friend um, Emily Fedner told us to get it. Well, you have two Ruths now to read. So before we get to our last recs, let's take a quick sponsor break to talk about pros. So pros is the world's most personalized hair care. So I just ordered my third bottle of my custom formula shampoo and conditioner. And I will note that I'm paying for it with my own money. So I, I like truly, truly love it. So I've been using Pros for about eight months now, and it is the real deal. And it's so funny because a few weeks ago, I posted some Instagram stories, and they were about something totally different, but all people kept commenting on was how good my hair looked. And I thought that was pretty major because I've never considered myself someone with great hair. So it's definitely thanks to Pros. So here's how it works. You take an in-depth hair quiz and you tell them about your hair, your lifestyle, and your hair goals, and they create a custom formula just for you. And with their algorithm, there are over 50 billion, billion with a B, unique formula combinations. So it's truly custom. They find the unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact hair concerns. So for me, I told pros that I wanted to go longer between washes, have less frizz when I air dry my hair, and improve my overall hair health. And they delivered on all fronts. So my hair is just shinier and healthier. And it's certainly not because I'm taking good care of it because my last haircut was five months ago. And before that, I think I went eight months between cuts. And I'm also noticing that I can go three to four days without reaching for my dry shampoo, whereas before I would always have to dry shampoo on the second day. So It's really working. And I also have to say that it's the best smelling shampoo I've ever used. I use the Corsica scent and I am obsessed. And I also love that when you reorder, they have a review and refine feature. So you tell them how your shampoo and conditioner performed relative to your hair goals, and then they'll tweak the formula to make it even better. And it's totally risk-free. So if you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they'll take the products back, no questions asked. So Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take the free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com B-O-P. 
That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash B-O-P for your first in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Back to the episode. All right, Grace, what is your last hidden gem book wreck? So my last hidden gem. Oh, my gosh. I loved this one. I've read this Wait. one. This one also threw me for a loop. So this one like completely threw me. And I still remember where I was, like similar to, you know, the book thief um, and being in Copenhagen. I was in the Hamptons. I was waiting for a girlfriend. She was like throwing an event or something. It was with Alex and she had to do something. So I was just like sitting in this little park reading and I finished the book and was just like shook, like Verity level shook. Like if you like, if you liked the way that Verity just like threw a whole wrench and like shocked you, that's how this book is. So this one, um, and it's also a shorter book. So you could read this like easily, like in a couple of hours. But um, I had really only picked it up because a blog reader had told me to read it. Um, and it starts out really innocently. It's about this wealthy family. They live this really beautiful, charmed existence on a family island just off of Martha's Vineyard. Everything just goes to hell. And there's this huge twist. And I was just like completely shaken by it, like in the best way possible. And I like had to go out afterwards and I just like couldn't think about anything besides the book. I was distraught. Clearly I'm fucked up. Like I just want to feel distraught and like shaken by the things I read or too scared to go outside. Well, you're clearly not the only one because there's plenty of books in that genre. Yeah. So they're clearly selling to someone other than you. Yeah. All right. What's yours? Okay. So mine is a YA trilogy. It's called The Conspiracy of Us is the first book. And it's by Maggie Hall. So I would pitch this as The Princess Diaries meets Gossip Girl meets The Da Vinci Code. And oh, my I, God. No, don't say, oh, my God, because I have pitched this to you nine million times over the years and you've never read it. I know. Well, I bought it and I DNF'd it. <gasps> <laughs> uh, then I don't think you got far enough in. I don't think I did either. And, I, and now I don't know where it is. I think I probably would have to rebuy Please. it. <laughs> it's so... Especially I, the first book is so good. It does go off the rails, but I I still enjoyed it all the way through. I bought it and I was so bored by the first. I think I only made it like 30 pages. <laughs> yeah, because at first she has to live a quiet life so that her whole life can get upended. So it's about this girl named Avery. She's in high school and she lives with her mom and has never known her father. And so then her father's family re-enters her life. And it turns out that there are these incredibly wealthy people who are part of like They're part of a secret society called The Circle, but it's basically the Illuminati. And so they think that Avery is the key to an ancient prophecy. And so they they cozy up to her and she ends up in the middle of this like international conspiracy theory. And um, she's jet setting around Europe and she's she's falling in love with two different boys. And she's like trying to unravel the mystery of her father's family. It's great. Like super rich. There have never been more rich, less supervised teens. There is murder. Not murder you care about. That's, I mean, like, there is a mystery, but, like, some people just get killed along the way. The murder isn't really the central point. I'm tempted by this, but I I don't know. Oh, am I going to buy it again? Maybe. I just feel like there's... um. There's nothing so satisfying as a YA trilogy. You know, like, The Hunger Games or, like, yeah. one of those, like, you just rip through it, mm-hmm. not hard to read, 
all plot, not really any character type books. Like the selection. Like, oh. Yeah. I love that type of book. So let's get a few more a uh, few more book recs. I tried to make these all YA, but I think I might have had one in here that isn't. Hi, this is Liz Hine from Milwaukee, and I'm very excited to press We Are the Ants by Sean David Hutchinson. We Are the Ants is a young adult novel. However, I really think this is for adult readers as well. And it follows our main character, Henry. Henry is really struggling. His um, boyfriend has recently committed suicide. All members of his family are struggling in different ways, um, and he's being really aggressively bullied while at school. So life is really tough for Henry, and Henry claims he is being abducted by aliens, Um, and he says that the aliens have given him a choice. He has, I think, 144 days to press a button. If he presses the button, the world will will be saved and will go on as normal. If he does not press the button, then it will be the end of the world. And um, Henry is really tempted to just let the world end. He does not see a lot of reasons to live, but he's also a scientist and he wants to go about this rationally. So he weighs the joys and the beauties of life with the horrors and the sorrows, and it is a beautiful, beautiful story. Please don't let the alien thing turn you off. This is not sci-fi. Give it a chance. I think all readers are going to love this one. Hi, Grace and Becca. This is Emily from Denver, Colorado. I wanted to recommend a book I think is a hidden gem. It is A Heart and a Body and a World by Deb Coletti. This is a fantastic YA novel about a girl named Annabelle who decides to run on foot from her home in Washington state across the country to Washington, DC. She's followed by her grandpa and his trusty RV and supported by her brother and friends at home. Along the way, we meet a cast of fun characters and we also learn about the traumatic events that inspired this run. This is a great novel about a young girl's heart being broken and her finding the strength to put it back together again and move on. There are some trigger warnings for this book, so look those up if that's something that you're sensitive to. But I think it's just a hidden gem and people are not talking about it enough. It is A Heart and a Body in the World by Deb Coletti. Hi, Grace and Rebecca. This is Kate. I wanted to share with you one of my favorite hidden gem books of all time. It is Summer Sisters by Judy Bloom. This book centers around the unlikely friendship between two girls starting when they're in their adolescent years all the way through high school and into early adulthood. Caitlin and Vix are sort of an unlikely pair, but their friendship is forged over many years of spending summers together on Martha's Vineyard. I read this book for the first time in 1998 when it came out, and I have read it every single summer since then. It doesn't feel like summer to me if I don't read it. I very rarely find anyone else who has read it, but I think that everyone should, and everyone who does read it will love it. So that's what we've got on Hidden Gem Books. I have a reading list a mile long from some of these listener recs that I had never heard of, and I'm excited to check out. Me too. Should we get into some end matter? Yes, we should. I'm going to let you go first on Instagram because I don't have one. Um, Mine's just a fun one. It's at oldgap underscore. And this is a Claire and Erica discovery. And it's all – so I was obsessed with Gap in high school. I worked at the Gap for a while actually. Um, But like remember like Gap Dream and like the, perf- the all the perfumes like heaven and grass and earth. Were you um, – which one were you? 
So I alternated between dream and grass, but sometimes I wore heaven. I had, I had like, I had all the small little like aluminum bottles of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did not like earth. I thought earth was gross. I was strictly dream. Okay. Dream was like, I feel like everyone liked dream. Dream was like the cool girl one. I kind of wonder what dream smells like. Like if I were to smell it now, would I like it or would it be awful? Yeah. I mean, I also loved Elizabeth Arden Sunflowers. That was my first fragrance ever. And now, like, if I smell that, I'm like, ooh. Um, but it's, like, a it's a really fun throwback to all, like, old advertisements from Gap, like, back in, like, Gap's heyday. That's fun. Um, and so you don't have an Instagram this no, week. No, I don't. What's your obsession? Oh, so I just did Issa Rae's Masterclass. Ooh, I'm intrigued by this. And I loved it. It was so good. And I especially appreciated it because she starts from like this very scrappy place. So I feel like some of the master classes, it's not a problem, but like the the people teaching it are too masterful where you're like yeah. you're too far in your career where some of it is not as helpful because either the industry has changed or you're talking about, you know, a 50-year career and you're only talking about the peak of your career, whereas, you know, she's 35 or 36. And, you know, she before Insecure, she was creating her own web series um, called Awkward Black Girl. And I it just really, really resonated with kind of the journey that we're on with rom-com pods right now and, and you know, making something <laughs> yourself and like doing all the jobs and figuring yeah. things out. And um, I, I really loved it and I found it super valuable in terms of just like her hearing her talk about her own journey. Yeah. Cool. What's yours? So mine is hotel lobby candles. I've talked about these before. This is my friend Lindsay's company, but I buy these with my own money. Grace, and I- I'm obsessed with the original one and I have a cart full of of other ones that I want to buy. So I just repurchased the original one because I love that one too. That's my favorite. It's but also the, very different than most of the candle scents that I usually burn, but I still really like it. It's addictive. It just smells so nice. The Nui, N-U-I-T, is like a little bit like sexier. I don't even know how to describe it. Like it smells so good. I want to get the um, – so that's from the Paris collection, but then they also have votives of three other Paris scents, and I want to get the sampler. Oh, I got that too. It's Do you like here. them? Yeah. I placed a big order. I got the Nuit, I got the classic, and then I got the little votive tri- trio. Yeah. I have the votive trio and then two of the regulars in my cart right now. I wasn't sure if I would like the the Nuit. It's, um, it's good. I I can't tell. I feel like the regular one, like you could just always have it burning and people would maybe not even know you have a candle on. It just make it just smells really good. That's not true. I feel like you have numbed your senses because you burn too many candles because I have had it. Um, I've been burning it. And every time I walk into my house from outside, even if it like it, it's not burning, it's just like, you know, I had burned it that day or something. It smells so good. It's, it's so good. I don't know. I, I would agree with that, but it's just like more subtle than a lot of the fragrances I have. It is subtle, but I also think you've burned out your nose. I have not. I, you always have candles burning. You're like yeah, desensitized. I've, no. Well, this new one is great. All of them are great. And Lindsay is a fun follow on Instagram. We're not actually real friends. Like we've, we, we just like follow each other in DM, but um, she's cool. Yeah. I'm very into the candles. Yeah. 
Um, what about books? Okay, so I have a few. So um, I finished the X Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon that I started last week, and I really enjoyed it. So this is a hate to love romance, and it is set at a Seattle public radio station. And you know that I'm very much in my season of hyper-specific job romances. And so mm-hmm. this one, like, really fit the bill. And I, I liked the storyline. I liked the um, the male love interest. I was I thought this one was very, very cute. So if you're a romance fan – and the sex scenes were really steamy, too. So if you're a romance fan, I would definitely check this one out. Um, and then I read Yoke by Mary H.K. Choi, which comes out in early March. And um, – for anyone, uh, just a warning that that there is a trigger warning around eating disorders. Um, so be aware of that. And I am familiar with Mary H.K. Choi through the internet. And like, I think I've listened to her on podcasts, but I never had read one of her books before. Mm. This was so good. It was so good. It is about these two Korean-American sisters and um, – One of them is in her early 20s, and then the protagonist is – she's in college. She's like a sophomore in college. And they're living in New York, and um, the older sister gets cancer. And the younger sister and her haven't had a great relationship but are, like, drawn back together. And it's a very dark, messy book. And it's marketed as YA, but I would disagree with that. But I really enjoyed this. Really, really enjoyed it. I I read this on a Saturday in one day, and I felt like I, even though it was dark, I like kept being like, oh, I should put this down and like read something lighter to like break it up. And then I just was like, no, I need to know what happens. Like I'm I'm just really into this. That's on my list too. I'm really excited. I really liked it. And now I'm reading Detransition Baby by Tori Peters. And this book is about um This is also on my list. Yeah. And so this book is about a trans couple um, who are both trans women, and one of them has then detransitioned and gone from being a trans woman back to being living as a man. And he has gotten a woman pregnant and a cis woman pregnant, and they're contemplating raising the baby all together as a family. And... It is so, first of all, it's so well written, but second of all, it's very interesting because I do not know that I've ever read a book with trans characters that is not about trans children or like young adults and like an acceptance journey. Like I feel like I've read a few books with, um, from a parent's point of view about a child being trans or kind of like coming of age type books, but I've never read a book like this where trans characters are like firmly in their adulthood and like living outside of their their families and kind of forging their own lives. Um, but it's so good so far. I'm only about halfway through. This sounds so good. What about you? What's on your reading list? So I just have two books this um, this week. And the first is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, listening to that one. BFF and Glennon. She's my BFF. All I want now is for her to come on the podcast. So we need to manifest that. Everything she says, just like, I really just like, she was someone I was always like, oh, I have nothing in common with this woman. Like Christian mommy blogger came out um, dating married to a woman. I was just like, 
she sounds cool, but like we don't have anything in common. Oh my God. She's an introvert, a people pleaser, like talks about so many things I've struggled with. Her views about church and Christianity are actually like one of the things that's really resonated with me. Um, I'd never really like seen someone articulate things the way that I I think of them just in terms of her stance on abortion and gay rights and things like that. So um, I just, I love her. I want to be friends with her as a fellow introvert. Like I just like to like maybe DM with her and like sit in our couches, but um, she just, she's amazing. So I, I'm really, really enjoying this book. Um, it's great as an audio book to listen to. And then I am reading the underground railroad by Colson Whitehead. And I read the nickel boys this summer. It's one of the best books I've ever read. This is equally well-written and I have to tell you, I'm struggling with it. I think I'll probably finish it tonight or tomorrow. And then I'm going to read something really light because Colston Whitehead has such a knack for describing atrocities like torture and abuse and atrocious, horrible things, like very nonchalantly, which makes sense because it is in line with the times where like killing a black man or doing horrible torture to a slave um, was just normal. And it's really hard to read, but I think it's a really important book and I'm glad I'm reading it. I just, I've like cried a couple of times reading it because it's so brutal. So you're probably going to hear like a lot of murdery thrillers and maybe some romance after this because it's upsetting, but I can't recommend it enough. And also, as a quick reminder, we have our book club next week. So we're reading If I Had Your Face by Francis Cha. And we're going to do a bonus episode with the author next Thursday as well. And I'm so excited to talk to her about her experience in Korea and, you know, where she pulled inspiration from for this book. Because this book is this book is great. It's very salacious. It's the story of four different women who all live in the same apartment building in Seoul, sad and present day. And they're all in their 20s and 30s. And they all have like vastly different life experiences. And, um, you know, one of them uh, had former had lived abroad in the United States when she was a student. Um, You know, one of them is uh, kind of working in sex work a little bit um, off the books, I guess. And, you know, one of them is married and uh, pregnant with a child. And it, it just deals with a lot of aspects of Korean life. And, and I, I thought it was fascinating. It is such an interesting book. We chose this book because I think that the conversation around it is going to be really fun. Yeah. So tune in next week and join us for our book club. And then also, as we said at the top of the episode, we're going to put a thread in the Facebook group for Hidden Gem Book Rec. So if if this jogged something for you and you have a rec, come share in the Facebook group. Just search Bad on Paper on Facebook. Also, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. Yeah, go do it. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.